Welcome to Heavy Networking, the flagship podcast from the Packet Pushers. Find out about our growing network of podcasts, blogs, newsletters, and video designed for your professional career development as an IT engineer, all at PacketPushers.net. And on today's episode, we are talking to repeat sponsor VMware to cover one of the announcements coming out of the VMware Explore 2023 conference. Our guest is Anand Srinivas, the head of software development for Edge Compute at VMware. Anand is here to discuss VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator with us. Anand, welcome back to Heavy Networking. And you were with us back in episode 657, where we talked about what, at the time, was the new VMware SASE client. Today, we're going to hit, again, VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator, but we got to start at the beginning here with some definitions. So, Anand, to give us a definition of edge compute and edge cloud, because uh, when VMware is talking edge cloud, we want to we wanna define that. And it would be helpful, Anand, if you'd frame it from an engineer's point of view. Yeah, for sure. So first off, hey, Ethan, hey, Drew, and, you know, thanks again for having me as a repeat guest. I guess, you know, hopefully I didn't screw things up too much last time I was here. I don't think so, man. I think it was all good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And I'm hoping that Edge Compute is as interesting to the audience as the SD-WAN and SASE stuff that we discussed last time. So, but along those lines, I, I think to your point, let me first start by setting up, like, what is Edge Compute? Right. What is edge computing? What's edge cloud? What, what's the big deal there? And in a nutshell, really, it's the concept of running application workloads at the edge, where the edge is defined as close to where data is being generated. So that could be by IoT devices like robots or cameras or things like that. Or that could be users using end client devices like our laptops, phones, and tablets, and things like that. So these are application workloads running you know, on the enterprise campus or in the branch or on a factory floor in a power plant next to a windmill, things like that, as opposed to running in the cloud or in a private data center. The big deal, Anand, as I understand it, is it's because we have uh, some latency concerns, some time sensitivity concerns with processing that data, where you might be able to take a lot of the examples that you gave, ship it up to the, I don't know, traditional cloud, the you know one of the big three public mm -hmm. clouds, something like that, and do processing in certain cases. But sometimes you need to process it locally so that you're getting use out of the data in the time frame required. Yep. No, that's exactly right. I mean, th there's like a well-known adage in software development, uh, which is centralize if you can, distribute only if you must. And that adage is absolutely true. So if you have an application that you can deploy in a private data center or in the public cloud, you should go ahead and do that. But to your point, Ethan, there is a class of application that needs to be at the edge. And usually it falls into one of three buckets. So the first bucket is the one you mentioned. It's latency sensitivity. So this is an application that needs to process data quickly and react to it. So an example of this would be programmable logic controllers that are controlling robots. They obviously need to respond very, very quickly uh, and you know, can't be you know, far, far latency away. Another example, you know, sticking with manufacturing, is around digital twin applications that need to process telemetry data, vision data, and all that kind of data in order to simulate the processes that are on the factory floor. And that can't be far away either. So th those are just some examples on the latency side. The next example is bandwidth sensitivity. So you know, typically edge sites are connected back to the cloud or the data center via WAN links. And these could be thin WAN links, like a cellular link or a satellite link that you know, may be you know, very low bandwidth or intermittent connectivity and things like that. And so, for instance, if you're running an application workload that's analyzing uh, camera data, like heavy bandwidth video data, 
that's an example of maybe you don't want to ship all that data back to a data center over this kind of a WAN link. You need to process the data locally instead, and then just ship the insights back to the cloud. And so, you know, examples here are in retail, where you're analyzing camera data to detect shoplifting or theft, or you're analyzing camera data to do things like um, detecting where people are spending time in the stores uh, and use cases like that. And so that's bandwidth sensitivity. That's that's an example there. And then finally, the third bucket is sort of around data locality. So for one reason or the other, you want the data to stay local. So this could be a regulatory or a compliance reason that the data has to stay in a certain geographic area or within the company. Or this could be something like not, not related to that, but it needs to stay local because there are you know, instances where the site where this edge application is being deployed may be completely disconnected from the rest of the world, but the site still needs to operate normally and those applications still need to run. And therefore, the application needs to be local and for no other reason. But if an application doesn't fall into one of these categories, then you should put it in the public cloud or the private data center and centralize it. Okay. We've been talking about edge compute, which you know kind of sounds like you know a rack with machines in it and you run stuff on it. Um, is the term edge cloud any different from edge compute? It's sort of a generalization of the term, right? I mean, you, you could have like a small rack in your uh, wiring closet or something like that where you do have some you know, compute that looks like a sort of mini data center, if you will. Or it could be you know, things like Intel Nooks or industrial PCs or ruggedized hardware or things like that, that are just, you know, it's either a single node, like a single host, or a few hosts that join together to make a cluster. But that's basically that edge cloud where it's yeah. a pool of resources across compute, storage, and networking that can be used to run these application workloads. We could go back in time and I could say, wait a minute, wasn't that composable not all that long ago? But uh, <laughs> I guess we've all moved on to uh, to cloud as the general terminology yeah. now. E everything and, is new, guys. Yeah, <laughs> everything right. is new. <laughs> Another point here to make is you just mentioned uh, compute, storage, and networking. And uh, of course, this being a networking show. So when we're talking about edge cloud from a VMware perspective, we are talking about networking as well, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, it might, might be a good way to, or a good segue actually, to talk about the software-defined edge, which sort of takes all of these things into account and has a big networking side of it as well. So how is the software-defined edge different from my regular edge and my cloud edge? I, I feel like we've got a, a softly-defined edge here. <laughs> <laughs> we've only made it when we get to software-defined things, guys. So that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> So software-defined edge, just like software-defined WAN, software-defined networking, software-defined storage, is really just about getting to programmability and you know, separating out the control plane from the data plane to enable a central controller to be able to program intent onto that infrastructure. And that's the same thing with the software-defined edge. But before we get there, there are a couple of components that are necessary uh, before we get to the programmability side. So the first is edge-specific compute, networking, and storage infrastructure available. So in some cases, this requires shrinking the stack to enable things like ESXi, the virtualization platform from VMware, or Tanzu Kubernetes to run on non-standard hardware, like industrial PCs and, and things like that. Uh, but it also requires things like local control planes. So one of the key features in VMware products, for example, is automatic placement of workloads. It's called DRS 
And there are other types of cluster-related features as well, like virtual storage area networks and things like that. But today, the control plane and the management plane are kind of together for that. And traditionally, that would be in the data center with a product called vCenter. And so one of the key innovations uh, as part of all of these announcements is building edge-specific solutions where the control plane now actually lives in the edge itself. So it doesn't go back to the data center for anything and can actually survive on its own uh, in that way. So potentially shrinking the stack, having local control planes uh, for the edge, that's one key element of edge-specific compute networking and storage. The next part of it is pull-based orchestration and management. So because the edge compute nodes are deployed in a customer's private network, potentially, you don't necessarily have you know, a data center management solution like a vCenter, for instance. You don't have inbound connectivity necessarily. You also don't have reliable bandwidth between that management platform and all of the edge compute nodes that, that it's, it's controlling. So the way we have to think about edge compute and in terms of orchestration and management is more akin to the way we orchestrate and manage customer premises equipment, like VMware SD-WAN, for instance, or think of your cloud Wi-Fi router, like a Meraki or, or something like that. That's how we have to think about orchestration and management of edge compute versus sort of the traditional data center approach of pushing configuration from a central management system. And I know we're gonna talk a lot more about uh, pull-based orchestration management when we get to talking about the orchestrator, uh, but that's the, the second key component of the software-defined edge. Okay, so before you go on, I, I just wanna make sure I, I understand this then. So I'm thinking using SD-WAN as an example, in a you know sort of typical SD-WAN deployment, I've got a gateway at my edge location, my branch location, and it can run on its own based on the last policies it had. But I tend to also have some kind of, whether in a private cloud or public cloud controller, where uh, it will connect to when it can uh, to get updates and so on. So that's how you're breaking this out. I can, I've got something, some compute on the edge that can run in its own control plane, but there's also a, a larger, probably cloud-based element that can do orchestration as needed. That's right. So the management plane can be in the cloud, but the responsibility for reaching out to that management plane and keeping connectivity and pulling down configuration is all distributed at the edge. Got it. So the device on premise, that's the one reaching out as opposed to assuming that the central management system in the cloud has inbound connectivity to go reach into these devices on premise. Okay. So it's a little bit more hands-off than I would guess with the SD-WAN example, because it seems like in a typical SD-WAN deployment, I'm much more in touch with my controller. No, I mean, even in, a, in an SD-WAN deployment, once you get your edge shipped to your customer premise, right? you plug it in, and if you have DHCP enabled, you can actually do full zero-touch provisioning, where once you plug it in, DHCP is enabled, the SD-WAN box calls home, right? it gets configuration, and it's ready to be managed. That's the kind of um, a philosophy that I'm talking about in terms of pull-based orchestration as opposed to push. So the third point is programmability. So, so with these two elements now at the edge, we get to programmability and we think about overlay networking or overlay infrastructure being intelligent to understand the workloads that are actually being run at the edge. And for them to be able to react to that with the intent about those workloads and actually program the underlay to react to that. So like a good example of this is actually SD-WAN. So if we think about edge compute running at the edge site 
and SD-WAN being network connectivity, SD-WAN can understand the application workloads, prioritize them, uh, protect them using dynamic multipath optimization, and, and all the rest of it. Um, there are other things around distributed firewall solutions uh, with NSX or security services via SASE being provided as well on the overlay. This is all about programmability. There's a lot more applications as well when we think about which applications do we want to let talk to each other? How do we want to let them talk to each other with what quality service, SLAs, and so on? So there's a lot of potential intent-based use cases. And that's really where you know we start with this sort of software-defined concept. But these are the precursors to that that, that actually enable that. And then, right. sorry, just one, one other thing to mention is that there are other aspects of this around data services, AI. I mean, what presentation today would, would be uh, complete without a mention of AI? So, but, you know, we can get to that stuff later. Okay, so we, we've got a long definition of edge cloud here. This is a stack of compute, storage, and networking. It is programmable. Um, we can manage this with a some kind of a management platform that is going to follow our intent that we establish, and then all of the configuration is going to be done programmatically to stand up what this edge cloud environment is going after. I think that's, I didn't hear every point and re recount every point you made it on, but I think that's it in a nutshell. So, so let's talk about use cases here. Who is buying this and what are they going to do with it? This is the reason we're, we're all doing this, right? Uh, because of customer demand and, and the problems they can actually solve with this. And so along those lines, where we're seeing the most traction and the most, I guess, interesting and compelling use cases have been in certain verticals. So retail is one of them. Manufacturing is another one. Um, but we're also seeing some interesting use cases in areas like transportation and even utilities and, and other, other areas like that. Verticals like, you know, your traditional, you know, corporate carpeted space enterprise, it's not as prevalent, but of course their use cases are coming there too. But retail and manufacturing really probably are the, the top two. Um, and in retail, what people are doing, what, you know, large grocery chain like customers are doing or other types of retailers, what they're doing at the edge, uh, first and foremost, is virtualizing their point of sale. And you know, doing things like sell like automatic checkout and stuff like that, but taking those hardware appliances that were present in the past and virtualizing them and putting them on um, on our edge compute stack, our, uh, in order to be able to have that agility to upgrade, to you know reconfigure at any moment of time, and and have that kind of agility. So point of sale is one. Sorry, and are you talking about actually, you know, replacing sort of the traditional cash register with hardware provided by VMware? Or are you talking about something in the back end outside of the view of the customer? No, 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 that's right. It, it's it's the cash register as at sort of like a, a top level of just saying that, hey, that used to be a hardware appliance that you would go to the store and sort of check out that way. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's mostly software. Obviously, there's still a piece of hardware that takes the input of your credit card and things like that. Right. But all the processing, all like the display and stuff like that, all of that now is controlled rather than being controlled by a hardware appliance on site that can all be virtualized, either as a virtual machine or a container that's deployed at the edge now. Got it. So if there's some change I wanted to make to the UI or some update to the software, 
I can do that from a centralized location and push it out to all the relevant devices or those devices can pull it down as needed. Exactly. Or your app team can do it themselves, right? If you provide the infrastructure and you just get a lot of agility out of it. So so that's, you know, sort of a bread and butter type use case. And then you get into the more advanced stuff using AI and machine learning around computer vision for things like shoplifting and theft, right? Automatically detecting when when something like that is happening. There's also computer vision style applications in retail that our customers are, are deploying to do things like identifying which shelves are being optimally used, right? So maybe you have your super expensive product on a shelf that nobody goes to. You know, you can analyze camera data of where people are going to sort of figure that out automatically and then rearrange where different products are. There's also, you know, applications around personalized shopping and things like that. A lot of really interesting use cases on on the retail side. So we're seeing traction there. Next on the manufacturing side, the bread and butter style use case is around virtualizing programmable logic controllers. So again, these are typically hardware-based controllers that are controlling robot cells. So they're controlling robots that are doing the the painting, the assembly, and all that kind of stuff uh, in an auto manufacturer, for example. But obviously, in other kinds of manufacturing, they're they're doing different different functions. And this was always hardware-based. It's been hardware-based for the last 30, 40 years or whatever it is, and it works. But there's been a new push to virtualize this stuff in order to gain the agility benefits that you see in all the other industries as well, where you do things in software as opposed to doing them them in hardware. And so virtualizing the programmable logic controller, right, uh, consolidating it on you know single pieces of hardware and being able to control the same robots that way while supporting you know the same kind of redundancy requirements, the same kind of low latency and real-time networking requirements, as well as supporting things like, you know, industrial ethernet protocols. All of that is something we're very focused on uh, now. You know, some of the the work we've been doing with Audi and Siemens on this front actually is, is, is publicly available. So a lot of really, really interesting use cases there around that. And is the idea here to minimize the use of specialized and probably more expensive hardware and move things onto a typical x86 platform? Absolutely. And and also enable things like, for example, in order to connect one of these programmable logic controllers to a particular cell or to get like telemetry or diagnostic data, they actually physically have to get on the floor and reconnect a cable to get Mm -hmm. it onto a different network. Mm -hmm. And again, in software, that's very, very easy. Right, just you know, connect this virtual machine to a new uh, port group uh, on the on the virtual switch, and you're done. Right, versus hardware, you literally have to go there physically and 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 do it. So things like that, you know, and and there's just like a ton of stuff around this because obviously it's a very conservative industry in the sense that it's so safety focused for for good reason. But I think there's a real push to sort of enable all of these kind of uh, use cases. I did want to cover one more super interesting use case that I forgot about. We talked about at VMware Explore and earlier at in Barcelona as well that I think the, the audience would enjoy. And this is in the transportation uh, industry. So this is the UK, Surrey, and Sus- Sussex Police Department. And basically what their use case around edge compute, well, started with um, connectivity. So they said, you know what? We have this body cam footage that's coming in, you know, we're not able to send this back to the to headquarters regularly. So we just infrequently, when the car's back in, at the station, that's when we upload all the information. 
Um, so they wanted connect, better connectivity over cellular. And so a solution there was SD-WAN over cellular to solve that problem, right? So that's, you know, step one. Then they said, wait a minute, actually, we have all of these hardware appliances in the police car that, you know, get to about 300 pounds on average of weight, yeah. right, on, on, yeah. on the car. And obviously, the cars have to be manufactured specially to sort of support that kind of weight and whatever else. And the point was, wait a minute, can't we just virtualize and containerize these workloads and just, you know, consolidate them the same way in all these other industries, uh, workloads are being consolidated and virtualized and containerized and done in software as well. And that's where edge compute stack and edge computing comes into play there as well, where the idea is, you know, in an ideal world, eventually we'll get there. It's a single box that, you know, runs ESXi as an example, the virtualization software, the hypervisor layer, and then, you know, runs software-defined WAN as a, as a virtual machine, runs a bunch of containers, runs a bunch of VM workloads as well, and you get it all in, in one thing, and you end up you know, eliminating 300 pounds, making it more like you know, 10 pounds or whatever it is, and you, know, you get a, a big win over there. So just wanted to share that last use case. Okay, so all of this then is tied together by the VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator or Vico. So can we, we've talked about a lot of use cases and a lot of definitions. Can you sort of refresh us on what Vico is and how it fits with all of this edge compute and software-defined edge and so on? So the fundamental problem that the VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator or Vico is solving is around when edge compute is deployed in a customer's premises, there are new challenges that are present that weren't present in the data center, in the traditional deployment of compute infrastructure. And so the first one, I think we talked about it earlier, is inconsistent WAN connectivity. So first off, you don't have inbound connectivity into a customer's private network from a data center or a public cloud. Secondly, you may not have always on large bandwidth pipes, right, between where your edge compute nodes are and a central location as well. You also have the challenge of limited compute at the edge. So, you know, certain types of management solutions that are very heavyweight can't be used there. The third is the fact that there's not very much trained IT on site. So, whereas in a data center, you can get to that uh, with, with IT folks at like a remote site where edge compute is getting deployed, there might be a facilities person or a site manager or somebody on the manufacturing floor, but they're not going to be, you know, specialized IT folks uh, that understand, you know, virtualization and containerization and things like that. And then the final challenge is that as opposed to one really large resource pool of compute in the data center case, now you have many, like thousands or tens of thousands of sites where you have to manage them all together but at each site, you have a small amount of compute. And you, know, you might have heterogeneous uh, sites right, with different amounts of compute. You may want to put different applications at different sites, but you want to do it in, in a, pro, like a templated manner so that you don't actually have to go and reconfigure every site individually. And so this kind of fleet management problem is a new challenge with, uh, with edge compute as well. And all of this while keeping the VMware differentiation, when virtual machine workloads are are being deployed or containers are being deployed in terms of the, of the automated clustering architecture and features like dynamic resource scheduling, HA, virtual storage area networks, and all the rest of it. This is the, the challenge that we, we set out to solve when we were building uh, the VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking of your example of the police. You could have, I don't know how many police cars they have. Let's say 300 police cars. They're all essentially a mobile edge, like a, literally a mobile edge. And trying to manage that, frankly, sounds like a nightmare. It would have to be a pull-based system and a distributed system where configuration is pulled by the edge compute nodes themselves, as opposed to some central entity trying to push configuration in a synchronous manner. It just wouldn't work. Um, and so the VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator basically is a way to provide features like a local co cluster control plane at the edge site itself, a zero-touch provisioning, so the edge compute uh, boxes, for lack of a better word, can reach back out to a central orchestration platform, mm -hmm. uh, which is Veco, right? So they can do that and zero-touch provision themselves and bring them up and be ready for application workloads uh, to be deployed. We bring in things like desired state. So this is closely related to things like infrastructure as code, which is sort of a common framework for building uh, infrastructure. And so desired state-based configuration uh, for not just the infrastructure layer, but also for the VM configuration layer, as well as container configuration layer. Um, and then finally, GitOps-based practices, where people can use a GitOps-based approach to modify their desired state but have all of their GitOps processes that they developed in the company around continuous integration, continuous development, what kind of testing needs to happen, what kind of canary deployment should happen first and tested and verified before you know, deploying across the board, the process around change management, the process around merge requests and reviewing that uh, change in desired state and then only enacting it. All of that stuff is part of what we've built with, uh, with Veco. So this feels more... I was going to say it's it's an infrastructure management tool, but it and it is, uh, but it's more than that. It feels like it, it moves up the stack as well to offer a bunch of developer friendly features too that uh, that just make it easier to deploy apps speaking a language and, and working into workflows and processes that, that the developers care about. It's not just infrastructure and operations that are caring about what Veco is doing for me. Am I right? That's absolutely correct. There there are two key personas here that you know in a traditional company wouldn't talk to each other it's like the IT infrastructure management and the application developers or the devops folks on on that side and usually it's sort of very siloed here we're trying to bring them together in sort of a an efficient way to enable applications being deployed efficiently at the edge so walk us through what uh, what Veco does on the compute side then i mean no in the announcement as i was reading up on this there's a there's a ton in there. Um, you know, Veco, for one thing, it's an evolution of uh, VMware products. I guess, according to the announcement, formerly it was VMware SASE Orchestrator. Now it's because with all these new features, it's now Edge Cloud Orchestrator. Uh, but there's a lot more going on in there as well, some of which you've mentioned and on, but, uh, but walk us through the highlights. So Veco, or VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator, is meant to be designed as a single pane of glass to orchestrate all of the Edge services we have at VMware. And so when we talk about edge services, we're not just talking about edge compute, even though that's what we've talked about most of this uh, conversation, but SASE is another one, Secure Access Services Edge, uh -huh. which encompasses things like uh, software-defined access. This is what was formerly known as the SD-WAN client that we talked about last time. There is cloud web security, which is an edge service. There's edge network intelligence, which is an edge analytics service. And then there's private mobile networks as well, which is another edge service as well. And so, you know, not every customer has to purchase or use all of this stuff to make this work. 
But if a customer has multiple of these product offerings, then the idea is that they can just kind of log in once and basically be able to orchestrate and manage each of these different edge services from the same orchestration platform. So that's kind of what we're alluding to as the overall kind of Veco uh, product suite. So now as I interact with Veco, VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator, as an administrator, I'm still an IT professional that needs to have knowledge about what's going on. And it's this tool is going to make it easier for me to get those compute stacks stood up at my edge sites where I don't have IT hands and so on. So give me a sense from that IT engineering perspective what I'm doing within Veco. I'm building uh, templates maybe of what a stack is going to look like and building out networking policies perhaps and things like that. Can you give us an idea? Yeah. So it depends on the product um, being that we're talking about, right? So if we focus on edge compute, for example, that product area, basically what you can expect is when the boxes get shipped to the site, right, where where the compute needs to get uh, deployed, they automatically call home. Uh, Veco, you can configure whether they should be in a cluster or not, right? So which nodes at the site need to be in a in a cluster, sort of, sort of like a pool of resources. And basically the nodes then get ready to have applications deployed to them. So these applications could take the form of application workloads in a virtual machine, or it could be container-based workloads. So Kubernetes workloads as an example. And what you can do within Veco is basically either directly use GitOps to modify the desired state of which virtual machines I want deployed to which sites or which containers I want deployed to which sites alongside all of the things like, well, this virtual machine needs you know, this many Vnix with this networking, this much compute resources, right? This many C- virtual CPUs, this much virtual memory, et cetera, et cetera. So defining all of that in a desired state-based file And then basically having the system automatically uh, enact that desired state at the edge. That's one way to interact with it. Another way would be to do it via the UI and use Veco to do sort of a traditional, okay, deploy this virtual machine for me, deploy this container for me, uh, that kind of a model as well. But that's basically what, what to expect, that once this is done, the system is ready for whoever is going to deploy the applications And in an ideal world, that would just be the applications team themselves. They would have access to just deploy their applications um, with sort of the infrastructure admins kind of doing a review and doing a check and making sure that everything is, is, is kosher with what they're doing. But that would be the idea. And that's what Veco enables for, for a customer. You mentioned using GitOps as one of the ways I would interact with Veco. Would that mean I've got maybe some kind of a YAML file that I've got living in a GitHub repository and Veco knows to pull it? And then if it detects there's been some kind of a change, it uh, it's going to reread and go ahead and redeploy so that it's now reflecting an intended state, You know that sort of operation? That's exactly right. So the Git repo is the source of truth, right? And for lack of a better word, there's a bunch of YAML files and a bunch of infrastructure as code style files that... People can interact directly with the Git repo with you know pure GitOps, or they can do it via the UI. But there's a single source of truth, which would be the Git repo. And then another question here that we've kind of left in the nebulous background <laughs> is the hardware itself. Am I bringing my own hardware? Is VMware supplying hardware as part of my, my Edge Cloud buy? How does that work? No, so VMware continues to be and remains a software company. So no announcements there. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is bring your own hardware is 
a bit of a loaded question in the sense that we want to be able to verify the integrity of the images that is on the hardware and the security of as it reaches back to the orchestrator, that this is actually a system that should be orchestrated, right? Is secure, is authentic, actually belongs to that customer and all the rest of it. And so we actually are developing, you know, close partnerships with, you know, folks like Lenovo and Dell and other folks like that, our OEM vendor partners to develop this kind of extremely secure edge-based hardware software combination that you know can then be orchestrated by this VMware Edge Edge Cloud Orchestrator. So there's that side of it, but we're still sort of thinking through. Okay, well, do we want to offer other options as well, where a customer wants to bring in their own hardware? The key thing is we want to be able to certify that ESXi works well on that hardware, but also that it's a secure solution as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a <laughs> that's a bit of a long answer to the question. The short answer is. It's not quite as simple as, hey, bring any kind of hardware you want. There's sort of a curated list of hardware that that this will work on. It's got to run ESX, and you probably want things like secure boot, TPM, that kind of capability. Exactly. What about the networking hardware? I'm assuming, uh, let me make a guess here. You kind of don't care because you're running an overlay over the top that are going to help us deliver network SLAs per application and that kind of stuff. So maybe it doesn't matter or, or does it matter? Is there some interaction that Veco does with underlying network switches and routers and so on? There's nothing special there. So nothing, no assumptions on the on the networking side. Obviously, there are you know VMware specific networking solutions that can enhance things, but you know, if you have your own networking solution, then everything will work fine as well. So I guess I want to dig in on that. One thing I'm thinking is, do I need to license NSX everywhere that I have, you know, a Veco deployment? Today, no. So the actual full product suite is called Edge Compute Stack or ECS, mm-hmm. right? Just one one more acronym that we can all enjoy. <laughs> but that's the overall solution that um, encompasses things like, okay, what virtualization do you get? Do you get Tanzu Kubernetes? Do you get other other kinds of um, uh, pieces of software as well with it? So that's the overarching uh, kind of solution package. You get Veco with it and all the rest of it. As of today, NSX is not part of that uh, bundle as well. And so, but going forward, as we continue to make progress on edge-specific solutions and edge-optimized solutions or versions of things like NSX, and other VMware products, the idea is to to bring that on board as well. And if I want to, for whatever reason, I've got uh, a remote deployment and there's some application on there that's going to reach out to the cloud, but I want it to go through some kind of security processing first, presumably I can then reach out to the VMware SASE deployment. Uh, as in you wanted to you want the traffic to be in a tunnel and things like that? Yeah, I want to tunnel traffic out and get some kind of security inspection before oh, it hits the target. Absolutely. And and that would be part of the edge services, right? So you'd get edge compute and then you would add on the edge service of SD WAN as well as you know secure access and things like that to get that extra security um, protection. Now you mentioned SD access as a sort of a client element. And am I thinking is client the right word? Are we talking about desktop, laptop, smartphone, or can this also run on other form factors that aren't the traditional, what I think of as a client agent? It is an agent, right? For sure. So this is what was formerly called the SD-WAN client. We just renamed it SD Access, mm-hmm. but it is a client. It is a client agent that that would um, you know, sit on you know, your phone, laptop, tablet, that kind of thing, but also could sit on servers and other form factors as well. Okay. So. And so SD access is the way I would get that traffic that I want to go out to a destination. 
either to that destination or through a SASE service as well. SD access sets up the tunnel and, and make sure it gets where it needs to go. Yeah, potentially you could use that or you could use the traditional SD-WAN as well. Earlier, you had mentioned, uh, Anand, some of the connectivity challenges that these edge sites might have. And you said, we can't assume that they've got some kind of fantastic broadband connectivity with lots of bandwidth and stuff like that. And I'm assuming what you were getting at is they might be hanging off of a 5G tower, an LTE tower or something, and maybe they do have some kind of uh, a broadband, but maybe it's not very good. And uh, I'm assuming here SD-WAN, speaking of that, is going to handle all of those concerns for me. It's going to automatically map applications to the sort of a path that's going to get me the SLAs that I'm looking for and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, obviously, I think we've talked about sort of the benefits of SD-WAN and things like dynamic multipath optimization, per packet steering, and all the all the, the rest of the good stuff that comes with that. Um, of course, you know, with edge compute, you don't have to have SD-WAN, so you can have it without it. But obviously, SD-WAN is going to enhance that aspect of it and protect that WAN link, uh, when, especially when you know the bandwidth is low or there's high packet loss and things like that. So that actually is a point of clarification that I wanted to get, uh, get my head around. So with Veco getting involved here now as the orchestration tool that I'm going to be setting all of that stuff up, if I'm not using SD-WAN as part of the package, one of the things that I'm uh, managing with this at my edge cloud, well, what are my options? I mean, I basically, I have basic connectivity and standard routing at that point. How does that go? That's exactly it. Standard routing, basic connectivity, um, you know, all the communication from the edge devices to the VMware edge cloud orchestrator would be over HTTPS. So it would be secured on its own, right? Um, but I think as, as Drew mentioned earlier, if you want additional protection, if you want additional optimization on the WAN link, then SD-WAN comes into play. But if you're okay without that stuff, then you just have edge compute stack running and Veco in, in the cloud, and the solution would just work as is. Right. I add SD-WAN, and then at that point, I've got all of the SD-WAN value prop magic that I get there. I can move applications from link to link, depending on how things are performing and what my SLA guarantees for that app are. If I add uh, SASE or SSE functionality, then I can route that traffic through some kind of an inspection point and get those extra security protections that I'm looking for and so on. But, but at the end of the day, I'm managing all of that with Veco. Exactly. Exactly. And, and just a point of clarification, almost to sort of flip Ethan's question around, if I am just using a typical sort of SD-WAN deployment, I got a bunch of branch offices, and I'm adding on SASE as well because I want to do inspection in the cloud for whatever reason, is that now being also rolled under Veco, or would I continue to use whatever orchestrator I'm using for my SD-WAN and SASE services? Veco is meant to be all of the edge services from, from VMware. Right, so it's edge compute, it's uh, it's SD WAN, it's SASE, it's private mobile networks, all, all all of them. So even if I'm not running a factory, Veco could be coming down the pipe for me if I'm a VMware SD WAN customer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So Anand, Veco was just announced at VMware Explore 2023. Is this an available product, or is this coming soon? The short answer is it's coming soon, but. There is something that customers can actually try today. So one thing you know that I want to mention is that Veco is being developed on the basis of a technology that we've actually been incubating in our office at the CTO, and that's been called a Project Keswick. 
And so that's a technology that we've been incubating, and it's actually something customers can try if they're interested in. So just to get them exposed to pull-based orchestration of ESXi, you know, running at the edge uh, and you know running a VM or container-based workloads on a single node. So this is something that folks can try out today. What we're doing with Veco is basically looking to commercialize this product. So there's a lot of stuff we have to do before commercialization, but basically. You know, something is available to try today, but hopefully soon you'll get sort of a beta version of the actual Veco solution. And then beyond that, we're looking at next year to sort of get to, you know, beta and IA and GA of the solution. Okay. So not here yet. Coming soon. There is a bit of a, it sounds like a bit of a test drive where you can start looking at different things in that project. Uh, Keswick Showcase, we're going to have links for in the show notes of at packetpushers.net. And of course, you're going to be able to find them on, uh, on VMware's site. And uh, Anand, it looks like your social presence for any of the products that we've talked about today would be VMware Sassy. Is that the right handle? VMware Sassy, VMware Edge Compute Stack. <laughs> VMware Edge Compute Stack also, yeah. And uh, we got LinkedIn, Facebook, X, and Instagram is where you guys are hanging out. And again, if you hit those show notes at packagebrookshires.net, we're going to have those links to the Project Keswick uh, components that you can get a look at and uh, other links to the announcements so you can go and read what VMware is talking about. And we thank VMware for sponsoring today's heavy networking. I kind of feel like the automated future that we were promised a decade ago is, is, is arriving product by product, vendor by vendor. And there is a certain part of me, the grumpy old network engineer that misses the glory that was bashing my way through the CLI, making the blinky box do the thing. But, but there's a much bigger part of me that knows that automation is the right way to go long term. And if you're out there listening, you're a fellow grumpy old network engineer, and you're kind of resistant to this way of thinking with all the automation and YAML files living in a Git repo and so on, well... I guess that's a topic we got to talk about in a future podcast because, uh, man, it is it is where everything is going. You can bash on that YAML file. Yeah, that's right. You can <laughs> get the same feeling. Yeah. If you do go up to VMware, you ring up your VMware rep, you ask about anything VMware Edge Cloud, the VMware Edge Cloud Orchestrator, that's Veco, VMware Sassy, or anything else we covered on today's show, be sure to let them know that you heard about it from the packet pushers. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.